You're listening to Choose, a sermon series about choices and consequences. For more information about Elevate Church, please visit us online at www.elevatechurch.ms. All right, how are we doing, Elevate? We doing good? Yeah? You guys sound quiet today. Are y'all tired? I mean, is it, is it the cold weather? Tell the neighbor, tell your person, the person sitting next to you, say, winter has come. That's right. We had snow this past week. How many of y'all built a snowman? Not me. I hate it. Uh, anyway, hey, if you don't know me, my name is Robert Andrews, one of the pastors here at Elevate Church, and I am so glad that you are joining us today. Before we get to the message, I want to just remind you of one quick announcement. I uh, mentioned it last week before we got to the message, but we are having a very important meeting today at 2 o'clock. Uh, if you were one of our volunteers or you're just a, a member of the church and you want to come and check it out, we're having a safety class uh, where we're going to be talking about uh, just some of our safety procedures and things that will help you in the event that there's ever an emergency situation here at the church. Uh, we want to make this place a safe place uh, where people can come and be uh, influenced and affected by the gospel. And so we feel like this type of training will help us to effectively to do that. So again, uh, go get you some lunch after church. Come on back here at 2 o'clock. Uh, I promise you it'll be, it'll be very informative, and I would appreciate it if you were here. All right, so uh, that's all I got. Let's get to the message. We are in a series that we have been in for the last three weeks. This is week four that we have titled Choose, Choose. And how many of y'all know that life really is full of choices? You know that? This past week, uh, true story, I went down to Home Depot. I was at Home Depot with one of our church members, and as we were at Home Depot, he ran into somebody that he knew, and so they started talking, and they got to talking uh, about church and where they went to church, and so the guy that I was with is talking to this guy he knows about the church, and he's talking pretty well about the church, and I like it uh, when people talk well about the church. Uh, I think more people ought to talk well about the church, amen, uh, and, and in fact, we should talk, if you're a member of this church, you should talk well about Elevate. Why? Because we are a family. How many of y'all believe that? We are a family. We are a spiritual family. And so I'm listening to the guy, and I'm like, yeah, I like this. And so this guy tells this guy he's talking to, the guy I'm with tells the guy he's talking to, he says, yeah, I go to Elevate Church. You need to, you need to come check us out uh, one day. And the guy says, well, my wife's kind of picky about where we go to church. And I said, man, I know how that is. I only go to Elevate Church because I think the pastor's wife is smoking hot. <laughs> and so he's just stopped. And he's like, I, I don't really know how to, answer, to respond to that. I probably, I probably should have told him I was a pastor, uh, but I didn't. But anyway, uh, the truth is, you and I get to choose. We get to choose where we go to church. We get to choose where we're going to shop. We get to choose where we're going to eat. We get to choose what we're going to do. We get to choose uh, who we're going to hang out with. We, we have so many choices in our life. It's all about choices and who you are today is a result of all the choices that you have made in the past. Who you're going to be tomorrow and what you're going to be able to do tomorrow is dependent upon the choices that you are making today. Our choices matter. Our choices, again, they are important. And so during this, se this series, what we've been doing is talking about uh, some pretty specific choices that you and I need to make. We started the series off by talking about how we need to choose, uh, we need to choose purpose over popularity. We need to choose God's will and his way for our life over uh, convenience, over things that are easier. 
His way for our life is way better than anything that you and I could come up with. So we want to choose again purpose over popularity. Then the next week we talked about how we need to choose prayer over panic. We, we don't need to be worrying about all sorts of things that are going on in our life and also in this world. And instead we should present our requests to God. Why? Because he cares for us. Then last week we talked about the fact that we need to choose surrender over control. We don't need to control everything that goes on in our life and in the lives of the people around us. Again, we need to let God be God. And so again, we choose surrender over control. And this week, we're going to talk about choosing discipline over regret. Choosing a life of discipline over regret. Now, when you hear that word discipline, I don't know what pops into your mind. Uh, there may be a whole lot of different images that pop in uh, to your mind. Uh, maybe, maybe you think of when you were a kid and you might have uh, done something wrong. Maybe, maybe you think about that when you hear that word discipline. Maybe you think about one day how you were at school throwing rocks at a transformer, trying to get the transformer to trip so that the power would go out and the kids would be dismissed early from school. But as you were doing that, you got caught by one of the coaches. And so you got three licks. Anybody know what those three licks were? And so you got a spanking with a paddle that had holes drilled in it. And so you could hear that paddle coming towards your rear end. Sounded like an airplane about to take off. Maybe you think about that. I know that's pretty specific, but maybe somebody here did that. Uh, and so that's what you think about. Uh, and yes, discipline can mean that. Discipline can mean that. But if you look the word uh, discipline up in Webster's Dictionary, it also says this. It says, discipline is to train someone to obey, to obey rules or a code of behavior. To train someone to, to obey rules or a code of behavior. If I had to kind of further define that word discipline, I might say this. Discipline is training yourself to choose what matters most over what you want now. Discipline is training yourself to choose what matters most over what you want now. And that's the type of discipline that I want to talk to you about today. It's, it's not about spanking. It's not about paddling. It's not about being grounded until your grades get pulled up. I want to talk to you about being so disciplined in your life that you truly can choose what matters most over what you think you want now. Because I can promise you that if you always choose what you want now, what you think you want now, when you get to the end of your life, you'll have a lot of regret. You'll regret that you didn't invest in the things that matter the most. And so in order to kind of set this thing up, what I want us to do is I want us to talk about a guy named Paul. Uh, Paul, uh, in, in the book of Romans, in chapter 7, he starts talking. And if you look at what he's saying, he kind of sounds like a crazy person. Check this out. Here's what he says. He says, I don't rely. Uh, he says, I don't really, I'm sorry, I don't really understand my Self. I don't really understand myself. Now, first off, here's what I want you to think about. With Paul, if there was one guy in the Bible that you would think had some sort of spiritual edge or something super special about him, you would think that it was Paul. Why? Because Paul had seen the risen Lord. He had seen the resurrected Savior. Paul had experienced an unbelievable miracle. One day he was on his way to Damascus, and he is blinded by a bright light. And so for three days he walks around 
blind. For three days, he walks around thinking, you know what? I may never see again. From, for three days, again, he is worried about these types of things. But after three days, he experiences healing. God heals him. And from that moment on, man, God transformed his life. His life is so transformed that he writes over a third of the New Testament. So again, if there's somebody who should have his life together, somebody you would think has it all together, you'd think it was Paul. But look what he says. He says, I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. How many of y'all ever been there and got the t-shirt to prove it? You know what I mean? Been there and done that? Man, I know I have. I do this every time I go eat pizza in, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, you know, I shouldn't eat 10 pieces of pizza, but that buffalo chicken pizza, man, is so good. It's so tempting. And I had the dessert pizza. I knew I shouldn't have done it, but I did it anyway. And I shouldn't have had that last bite because that one last bite put me over the edge. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, you know what you should do, but you didn't do it. And here's what he says. Look at verse 19. He goes on to say, I want to do what is good, but I don't do it. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. What did he say? He said, man, I, I want to do, I, I do what matters most. I don't want to do wrong, but I do it anyway. I want to I do what's good, but I don't do good. What I, what I want to do is what I should do. But he's having this internal struggle. And as he continues to talk about this internal struggle that he's having in his life, I want you to see what he says in verse 24. He says, oh, what a miserable person I am. Have you ever felt that way? Man. Why did I do that? Why did I do that? Why did I mess up again? He says, oh, what a miserable, miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Paul is sitting here saying, I want to get things right, but I can't seem to get things right. I can't do it on my own. I'll never be able to choose what, value, what I value most and what's most important. Where can I get some help? And look at what he says in verse 25. He says, thank God. God. The answer is found in who? Jesus Christ, our Lord. See, he says again, I want to do the right thing, but I can't do the right thing. I want to do, I want to do what's most important, but I don't do what's most important. He's having this internal struggle. He's like, man, I'm, I'm ashamed that I can't get it right. You think by now that I could do right. I just can't seem to do it. Who in the world can help me? And then he says, thank God. Thank God that Jesus Christ can help me. And that's the key to the message today. That's the key. I want you to re remember that. But the truth of the matter is, when you and I are left on our own, we are prone to make the wrong decisions. We are, wrong, we are prone to, to make the wrong choices. But the power of Christ, the power of Christ can enable us not to choose what we want now. His power can enable us to choose what is most important. I'm telling you, with the help of Christ, you and I can choose what is right, and we will not have a life that's filled with regret. See, Paul says here, I'm, I'm so conflicted. In Romans chapter 7, again, I want to do right. I can't do right. I, I don't want to do wrong, but I do, I do wrong. And he says this kind of at the beginning of his ministry, but I want you to see what happens as he continues to grow in his faith, as he continues to grow in his walk with God. I want you to see what happens in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He, he uses an amazing 
metaphor that I want you to see. Look what he says in verse 24. He says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. You notice that exclamation point? Run to win. Something that you might not know about me is that I am a pretty competitive guy. I really am. Uh, I, I try to dial it back uh, in my life, uh, but sometimes it doesn't seem to, seem to happen. Uh, I'll be playing the kids at the house and something, and I'll just tear them up. And Amanda's like, you have to let them win. I'm like, girl, life is a struggle. You know what I mean? If I just let them win, they're not going to learn that. And so I have to dial it back. I even have to dial it back with some of the adults when I play things, when I play things, you know, play them against things. Like, I'm not going to say I'm good at ping pong. I'm not. But I will say Pastor Tommy has yet to beat me in a ping pong game. Is that true? That's, that's true, right? And so it really is. And so, uh, so one, we were playing one game, and he really thought he was going to win. He was pretty close, you know, and he's like, I almost had you. But in the words of the great theologian Dominic Toretto, you know, it doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile, winning is winning. <laughs> it was much cooler in the movies, you know what I'm saying, when he did that. But anyway, I am a pretty competitive guy, and I like to win. And Paul says clearly right there that you and I should run to win. He says we don't run for second place. We don't run for participation trophies. We run with every bit of focus that we have. We run with all the power that we have, all the intensity that we have, all the focus that we have. And he goes on to say in verse 25, he says, all Athletes, I want you to see this, verse 25. He says, all athletes, what do they do? They are disciplined in their training. So if you want to win, what do you have to do? You've, you've, you've got to choose what you want most over what you want now. So let's say what you want most is to be in tip-top shape for a race, but what you want now is to sleep in late and eat pizza and donuts at the same meal, right? You, you can't do that. Why? Because if you do that, you know, you're not going to be in tip-top shape. And so, again, he says you have to choose what matters most over what you want. Now, it takes discipline. And this is what's interesting is that the same Greek word that produces the word discipline, again, it's the same root word that produces the word disciple. What are we? We are disciples of Christ, right? So if we're going to be following Jesus, that means we are going to be disciplined people. Paul says all athletes are disciplined in their training. But why? Why are they? They do it to win a prize that will fade away, is what he says. So why do they do it? They do it for a, a prize that's got a, a plastic soccer player on top of it or a plastic baseball player on top of it. They, they do it for something, again, that, 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 that just is gonna, that's going to fade. But, look at what Paul says. He says, but, everybody say but. But we do it, Christians... Followers of Christ, people who are disciplined, we do it for an eternal prize. Why? Why do we discipline ourselves? Why do we run to win? Why? 
because we're not chasing some sort of trophy that is going to break and be put in the attic and it's gonna, you're going to forget all about. We're, we're doing it for what matters most. We're doing it to honor and glorify our Heavenly Father. We're doing it to bring glory to the one who died on Calvary's cross for us. That's why we run with everything we have, God. I, I love the illustration that he gives here of a race. Because when he gives this illustration here, the people who are originally hearing what Paul is saying would have known that Paul was referring to something that's called the Isthmian Games. And so the Isthmian Games, they were something kind of like what you and I know to be the Olympics. And so it was a really big deal. And so what would happen is when athletes were getting ready for this particular race, they kind of, they went through this intense training. Sometimes it lasted over a year. And so what they would do is it was no alcohol, no junk food, no honey buns, no buffalo chicken pizza from Pizza Inn. And then they would shock their bodies by exposing their bodies to extreme heat, but also to extreme cold. Again, they were disciplining their bodies. And the writer of Hebrews actually refers to the same race in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, when he says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a, such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set out before us. So, Again, this is important because the people originally hearing this would have known what the writer of Hebrews was referring to. And so when it says, let us strip off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run to win, what they would have realized is that he was referring to this game. And in this game, in the Isthmian race, what they would do is they would literally strip their clothes off and run naked. Now, why did they do that? We're not really sure. Some people think that it's because of the very first race, one of the guys was running. He's running, and his loincloth fell off, and he got tied up, and he, and he tripped. And so they think, you know what? Every other racer said, you know what? We don't want that to happen to us, so we're going to strip off everything that has the possibility of tripping us up and causing us to stumble. And so if you think about that, man, that gives you an entirely new reason to want to win a race, right? Because if I'm racing a bunch of naked men, I don't want to be at the back looking at all their backs. You know what I'm saying? You've been running. I don't want, you don't even know where you're going. And then when you get up front, you know what I'm saying? When you get up front, you're definitely not going to look back, right? That'd be scar you for life. You don't want to do that right? And so again, you focus ahead. You run with every bit of intensity, with every bit of power, every bit of focus. You sit there and you run because you're not running to win a race that's going to reward you with something that's going to fade and perish and tarnish and break. You are running this race for some sort of eternal prize, a prize that the Bible says earth cannot corrupt, where, where thieves cannot break in and steal. That's why we are running and so here's what I need you to do. I want to give you two questions today. Two questions that I want you to think about and write them down. If you don't write them down, at least get them in your mind. And the answers to these two questions may be different from the person that's sitting next to you. And that's okay because these two questions are for you individually. They are. And so the question, the first question that I want you to think about is this. What do you want most? What do you want most? What do you want most in your life right now? And I'm not talking about a 1993 Ford Mustang Cobra. 
I'm not talking about winning the lottery. I'm not, I'm not talking about killing Buckzilla in the woods after you leave church today. I'm not talking about that. Think of something godly. Think of something that God would really want you to have. Maybe some of you, you think, you know what, it's time for me. What I want most is to take my walk with Christ seriously. You want to get close to God. Maybe you want your marriage to be amazing. From, 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 for the past year or so, it's just been average. And you say, you know what, I don't want to tolerate average any longer. You want your marriage to look like the marriage that God wants it to be. That's what you want most. Maybe, maybe there's a relationship in your life that's messed up and you want things to be like they, they used to be. In fact, maybe you want things to be better than they, they've ever been. That's what you want most. Maybe, maybe you want to stop smoking. And I'm not picking on you if you smoke. Some people say that if you smoke, you're going to go to hell, but that's not true. If you smoke, it's just going to smell like you've been there. You know what I'm saying? And so it's, yeah, but maybe that's what you want to do. You want to stop smoking. Maybe, maybe you want to stop drinking because you can't just seem to have one drink. You, you take one drink and then it's another drink and it's another drink and it's messing up all the relationships in your life that matter the most. And so you want to stop that. Maybe what you want most is to quit some other addiction that you have. You need to stop. You want to stop. Again, what is it in your life that you want the most? Think about that. What is it? And if you can't write it down again, get it in your mind. Because that leads to the second question. Not just what do you want most, but what do you need to do now to achieve what you want most? What is it that you need to do now to achieve what you want most? Because remember, if we're followers of Christ, we're disciples. We are disciplined people. We choose what matters most over what we think we want now. Maybe what you want, again, is to take your, your walk with Christ seriously. What that means is that you need to find a reading plan for your Bible. You need to choose a reading plan, and you need to choose to read your Bible daily. You need to choose to pray. You need to choose to make church a priority. You need to choose to surround yourself with people who love God. That's what you need to do. Maybe, maybe what you want most, again, is for your marriage, again, to be better. So today, you're going to choose your spouse over yourself. You're no longer going to be selfish. You're going to live for that other person. You're going to put down your phone and get off of Facebook and spend face-to-face -face time with one another. That's an amazing thing. If you spend face-to-face -face time talking with one another and laughing and then side-by-side -side time, you know, having fun and hanging out, I promise you that if you'll spend face-to-face -face time and side-by-side -side time, it'll lead to belly-to-belly -belly time. We talked about that not too long ago. But I mean, you know what I mean? It will happen. Maybe you want your relationship with somebody in your life that is messed up, you want it to be, to be a lot better. Maybe, maybe years ago you said things or did things that just messed it up. Maybe they said things or did things that just messed it up. And so today you say, you know what? What I need to do is I need to apologize. Or maybe what you need to do is forgive. Even if they don't ask for forgiveness, you need to say, hey, you know what? I need to let this go. What do you need to do now to achieve what you want the most. Because Paul goes on to say in verses 26 and 27, look at this. He says, so I'll run with what? Purpose. I run with purpose in every 
step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Man, I, I, need, you to, I need you to see this. This is crazy. How many of y'all would say today that you like to have a nice yard? This is the best way that I know to illustrate this. A couple of us, not a whole lot of us. Wow, man, if y'all don't like a nice yard, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have liked the Garden of Eden. It was beautiful. You're not going to like heaven either. I'm just kidding. But I like to have a nice yard. I really do. I like to have a nice yard. Um, And so if you want to have a nice yard, if you want to have nice grass in your yard, you know what you need to do? Stay off the grass. You need to stay off the grass. Don't walk all over. So follow me here. Let's say, hypothetically, I know this is a stretch for some of y'all, but hypothetically, let's say what you want most in life is a nice yard. Can y'all just imagine that with me for just a second? I know it's a stretch for some. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? Okay, just make sure my microphone's on. So let's say what you want most in this world is a nice yard. And you wake up in the morning and you need to go check the mailbox. Well, the fastest way for you to get to the mailbox is to walk through your yard. I mean, to walk down the sidewalk, you know, and then down the driveway, well, that'll add just way too much time, 30 seconds to it, you know what I mean? And so you just don't have time for that. And so you think, well, I'll just walk from my front door through the yard this one time, this one time. And so you walk from the front door through the yard that one time, you check the mail and you go back through the yard that one time and nothing seemed to happen. So the next morning you wake up and you think, well, you know what? I walked through the yard yesterday and nothing bad happened. Didn't really do anything. And and plus, it was kind of fun because I did something I wasn't supposed to do, right? Right? See, you know what happens when you and I, we walk down a path and we do stuff that we're not supposed to do? You know what happens? It kind of gives us a legal high. It releases something called dopamine into our brain, a chemical into our brain. Dopamine. Get it? Dopamine. So it's a legal high. That's really a medical term, okay? So it releases that into your mind, and you think, man, that was fine. I did it. I didn't, I'm a rebel. I'm a rebel. I walked through the yard. And so you think, you know what? I'm just going to walk through the yard one more time. One more time. And so the next day, you know what I mean? You get up and you got to check the mail and you walk through that yard over and over again. It's easy to do. So you keep doing it. And what happens as you continue to do it is that your brain actually creates what they call a, a, a neural pathway, a new neural pathway. And so walking through your yard over and over again, what eventually happens is that from now on, when you go to check your mail, That's just what you do. You don't even think about it. You don't even think about it. You just walk through your yard. But if you walk through your yard enough, and if you walk on a path over and over and over again, what happens to your grass? It creates a path, right? A path of dead grass or no grass at all. And what you really wanted was what? A nice yard. But because you said, you know what, I want to take this shortcut. I want to make this thing a little bit easier. So, again, you messed up what you wanted most. But as disciples, as disciples of Jesus, we are to be disciplined. One of the fruits of the Spirit is, guess what, self-control. And so instead, what we say is, hey, you know what, I'm I'm going to choose what I want most over what I want 
now. I'm going to choose what I want most over what seems to be easier right now. And so when we walk out, we think, oh, I don't want to walk through my yard because if I do, I'm not going to have a nice yard. And so we think about that. We think about that. We think about giving our life to what's more important and with purpose in every step, being intentional. We train our bodies to be disciplined. This may take a little longer. It might require a little bit more energy. It might not, re- it might not give me the results that I want right away, but I'm going to choose what I want most over what I want now. I want my marriage to be what it should be. And so I'm going to stop always hanging out with the guys. I'm going to stop always going into the woods to hunt. And I'm going to invest the time and energy into my marriage that God would have me to. I'm going to love my wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. I'm choosing what I want most over what I think I want now. Maybe again, what you want most is for your relationship with Christ to be what it should be. You know, you don't want to be lukewarm anymore. And so what you need to do is that instead of saying, you know what, I'm just going to sleep in today and I'm not going to go to church. Instead of sleeping in, you say, you know what, I'm going to wake up. I want my family to have a relationship with God. And so I want them to see that God is important to me. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to be intentional again. And I'm going to choose what matters most over what I want now. Even if it would be easier just to sleep in my warm bed, I'm getting up because I want to do what matters most. Maybe today what you want most is to get out of debt. What that means is you've got to stop buying things you got to stop buying stuff that you don't need with money that you don't have to impress people that you don't like. It doesn't matter if stuff's on sale. It doesn't matter if you get one, buy one, get one free. You don't need another Snuggie. You don't need another Chia Pet. You don't need something just because it's cute. You say, you know what? I'm choosing what matters most over what I think I want now. I'm a disciple of Christ. I am disciplined. I'm choosing discipline over regret. So what do you want most? And then what do you need to choose now to achieve what you want most? See, I'm wrapping up, but I want you to think about this. Can you agree with me that Christ is all-powerful? I hope so. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, Jesus tells his disciples, he comes near to them, And he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, for somebody to walk up to you and just say, I got all the power, you know, you might question that. But but Jesus had the stuff to back it up, right? I mean, his disciples had seen him beaten. They had seen him tortured. They had seen him crucified. They watched him die. But now he is standing there talking to them. The disciples had to be thinking, man, this dude is for real. Jesus is for real. He really does have all authority, all power. And so listen to me. If you're a Christian, did you know that Christ lives in you? You say, really? I didn't know that. Well, Galatians 2 verse 20 tells us, this is Paul again. He says, I've been crucified with Christ And I no longer live, but Christ lives where? In me. 
So follow me. As followers, we, we die to self and we allow Christ to live in us. And if Christ is all-powerful, which he is, and if Christ lives in us, which he does, what you need to understand is that Christ in you is much more powerful than the wrong desire that lives in you. Christ in me is much more powerful than the wrong desire that's in me. And if you can understand that, it will help you to live a more disciplined life. Because you begin to realize, you know what? I don't have to give in to that that's really not very important. I don't have to give in to this addiction that so, that's messing up so many things in my life. I, I can choose, again, what matters most over what my body is telling me that I won't. Now, please don't get bored with me. Stay with me. This is so important. Because remember in Romans chapter 7, Paul is talking, and again, he sounds like a crazy person. I want to do what's right, but I can't. I don't want to choose what's wrong, but I do. What a miserable person I am. Who can help me? Christ. That's what he says. He says, Christ. It's Christ who helps me. It's Christ who empowers me. And I want you to know that, again, he's all-powerful. And if he lives in you, he truly can empower you to choose what matters most. If Christ leads you, if Christ is leading you, he, he can lead you to choose the life of discipline over regret. That's why we run with purpose in every step because we refuse to live a life of regret. I don't want to be the father that after his children gets older says, you know what, I wish that I would have spent more time with them. I'm going to invest in their life now because that's what matters. You say, hey, you know what? I don't want to regret not giving my life to Christ. You make that decision today to give your life to Christ because I promise if you get to the end and you haven't done that, you will have some regret. You say, hey, you know what? I don't want to be the person who regrets not being able to help somebody out financially. So I'm going to choose again to live below my means. I'm going to choose what matters most because I don't want to have regret. And Christ in me is stronger than that wrong desire in me. Christ in me is stronger than that craving that I think I want now. The bottom line today is that each and every one of us have a choice. And today can be the day that things change for you. Because today, you can decide that you're going to walk away from those things that you've been settling for. You can decide that you're going to walk away from those things that you think you want now. And you're going to pick what's, what matters most. You're going to stop trampling over what matters most. Because you know what happens if you stop walking over that path on that nice grass that you wanted, you know what will eventually happen? The grass will come back. The grass will come back. 
And the same thing will happen in your life. If you'll stop trampling over those things that are most important in your life, I promise you God will renew those areas that you've trampled all over. Because we serve a redeeming God, a merciful God who is good, who is great, and he can make wonderful messes, messages out of the messes that we seem to make. So again, we choose a life of discipline over regret. We're disciples. That's what we do. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't know where you're at in your spiritual walk, but I can't help but think that there's some people here today that know what matters the most. And man, you've been trampling all over that that matters the most. You've been choosing what you think you want now. I'm telling you, if you don't choose what matters most, when you get to the end of life, you'll have regret. So if you'd say, Pastor, I, today I need to choose. I know God is speaking to me. I know that God is telling me what it is that I need to choose. If you'd say, Pastor, pray for me as I is I choose what matters the most. If that's you, would you just lift your hand because I want to I wanna pray for you, encourage you. Amen, 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 amen. Father, I just want to pray for these individuals who you've spoke to that recognize that today, today's the day of change. Today's the day that they're going to choose to do the things that are required to help them achieve what matters the most. Empower them with your Holy Spirit. And as we continue to pray again, nobody's looking around, but I wonder today, if you're here and you know today that you need to choose Christ, you need to give him your heart, you need to give him your life, today you know you need to be saved. That is what matters the most. If that's you, I'm going to ask that you pray, Father, forgive me for all of my sins. Father, today I choose you. I confess you as Lord. I confess you as Savior. I submit to you. Father, come into my heart and truly save me. Transform me into who it is that you want me to be. If you prayed that prayer right where you are, I'm just going to ask that you, you lift your hand because I just I want to know that God's moving. Amen. 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 Father, thank you for saving people today. May we all choose you. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. We'd like to thank you for listening and encourage you to visit our website at www elevatechurch.ms so you can learn more about being blessed and blessing others at Elevate Church.